So in my head was, I'm probably going to have to shoot this guy because he knows there's people in the house and he's still coming in. Well, already, gang, welcome back to the Active Self-Protection Podcast. I am once again your host, Mike Williver, and I remain your favorite former Fed. Before I introduce our guest, I am recently back from Northern Alabama where I got to pick up this sweet Rocket City Trash Panda shirt. And I haven't seen a game. They played it to minor league baseball team. But the fact is they're named the Trash Pandas. So me and John Correa are immediately fans for life. So I wanted to get that uh, out of the way from the start. Our guest today is uh, Duani. Um, did you want to use your last name, sir? That's up to you. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Sure. Uh, Duani. Matos. Uh, right, Matos. And he is from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Uh, he has one child and is a software engineer. And he wrote in with a, a pretty interesting story and some video. So our track record on getting these interviews out is exactly the same time as John breaks down the video that, that Duane sent in is not great. So at some point, John will be breaking this down on the channel. Hopefully the same day this comes out, but no promises. But look for that over on the ASP main channel. So, sir, tell us about your self-defense history. I know that um, you had more than one tool at your disposal when the incident happened. So kind of walk us through what got you started on that. Have you always been around firearms and self-defense related stuff your whole life? Or is it something you sort of pursued as an adult on your own? Um, well, I've always been part of like self-defense classes. I've always, um, when I was a kid, my dad trained me. Um, he always was into self-defense and martial arts. So he trained me Then he put me in a, like a Kempo, I think it's called the karate. I don't know. So I, I did that for a few years. So my whole life, I was always in martial arts. I've done Kung Fu, karate. I'm currently um, practicing jujitsu. I was waiting for jujitsu. So. I mean, your family's from Brazil. I'm like, when, when is he? Yeah. 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 So yeah, I've been practicing jujitsu for about two years now okay. and um, Muay Thai also. So I've always, I've always liked the martial arts, the sports, you know, the sport aspect of it um i've always liked you know anything that's related to self-defense it's just you know good to know how to defend yourself absolutely um yeah and then about let's uh 20 i think 2021 or 2020 i bought my first gun um it was a agent it is an hnk vp9 stop right there and just stop right there so i'm sorry ladies and gentlemen a golf clap for Duani, <laughs> who's first gun, because normally we hear first gun, it's some nightmarish piece of crap gun that gets yeah. put in an, an Uncle Mike sausage sack, but you just said HK was your first gun. Do you remember what model it was? Yeah, it's a VP9. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is a first, ladies and gentlemen. Mark this date on your calendar. Our guest, <laughs> his first gun ever was the best gun, really. Um, yeah. So you bought that about 2021. And were you able to avail yourself of any training, get out there and shoot it? Yeah, so it was right in the middle of COVID and you know the pandemic, and it was a little, it was a little hard to to practice. So I bought you know the little laser cartridge. I got the whole Laser Academy, the whole oh Mantis. Know. Yep, yep. I I bought the Mantis Elite. Um, I bought the the Laser Academy, the mm -hmm. where you put the targets with the QR code and. 
and I would practice hours and hours. I would do all sorts of, I mean, it was, it's just fun. You know, I've always liked the sports of shooting, you know, like video games and shooting BB guns and, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it was. So I've always liked the room clearance. I, I practice by myself, you know, at home. And, um, yeah, so I would do a lot of dry fire. And then in my first class that I actually took was, was not pistol was carbine. Um, I took a carbine class, um, December of 21, I think. Okay. I don't remember exactly. And then after that, I took two, uh, handgun classes. Very good. So, um, a couple things, HK and Mantis can both give us five bucks each for this episode. Since we mentioned them all already, that was fast. <laughs> I still haven't figured out who the sponsor is going to be, but it should be someone else, I guess. Uh, so with that said, I think it's worth noting that, uh, things like jujitsu and, and kempo and karate and things like, you know, the shooting sports are things that are very practical, but a lot of fun. We, we sometimes miss the fun aspect of these things. Like it's fun to go shooting, you know, in a safe environment with, with people who know what they're doing, obviously it's fun to shoot guns and it's fun to do, to, to go on the mats and do jujitsu. It's fun to wrestle. It's fun to do all these sorts of things. And a byproduct of these as being your hobbies is you're able to defend yourself a little bit better, uh, whether you're armed or not. So I think that's one of the things that like we're, we're, um, by the time this comes out, the conference will have passed, but our national conference is coming up. We're recording this September 26th. So in two days, we'll all be in Kansas having a blast uh, shooting guns and, and taking classes. So uh, let's not let's not miss that part of it for sure. So the incident that you wrote in about, you have some, it looks like it was uh, tape taken inside of a home or a condo or an apartment. Can you tell us what um, what sort of recording equipment was in there and was it your place or someone else's? Yeah, yeah this is uh, this is my house and <clears throat> it's a house. Um, I, when I got divorced, um, you know, my ex-wife, we had a big dog. So that's, that's just a great security, you know, it's a big pit bull. So she took him away and I was like, you know, I don't, I'm not really sure how to like really protect my home. So I, I got the whole the whole system, the the house alarm, and um, and I got the security cameras for inside the house. So and I put them all in the common areas and main entrances in case something ever were to happen. Um, you know, I have it monitored and it all stores into the cloud. So and those I, I bought the cameras off of eBay. I, I don't remember uh, exactly what brand they are, mm-hmm. um, but they're great. Yeah, I mean, certainly the footage is very, very usable. Everyone, you can recognize people in it. It's not like it's shot on a 144p potato like some of these, some of the videos we get right. stuck with. So um, for sure. And I think worth mentioning as well, we're kind of jumping ahead to lessons here, but I think you have the right mindset in as much as, you know, an alarm is great. It's a great tool. Cameras are a great tool. They can be used in court later to prove that you did something right, that they're claiming you did wrong or whatever. Um, and modern and dogs are great. Dogs are great as an early warning. They can bark. They might hear a thing before a human ever does, but all those things don't really protect you. And you, at the end of the day, you have to protect yourself still, unless you have a trained Rottweiler or something that's going to jump up and bite a person and pin them down. Most of us don't have that. So I think the, the early lesson here is all these things are great tools. 
and they're helpful to have. But at the end of the day, you still got to protect yourself from whatever those things reveal to you is now happening. There's someone breaking into your house or whatever the case might be. Um, so I, I'm a little confused. I read I read your story, um, but I don't do a lot of pre-interview for a reason. You can vouch for the fact that we didn't talk about your story ahead of time, yeah. except for an email. So mm-hmm. it seems to me like one, either you or a roommate or friend was coming home and was followed by someone is what I think happened. So why don't you kind of walk us through how this all got started? Were you the person that knew about the bad guy or were you the person that was told about the bad guy? Yeah, I was the person that was told about the bad guy. So what happened was, yeah, I was out with some friends um, and some friends from Mm jujitsu and we, I got home and this was about, I got home like about one, one 45 in the morning or something um and i was just laying in bed watching some tv until i you know fell sleepy and i hear a car alarm go off so i look out the bedroom window to see if it's my car and it's not my car so i was like well there's nothing i can do about that if it's not my car Mm -hmm. so i just laid back down in bed and then i hear the car alarm go off again i was like well you know again it's not my car so there's really nothing for me to do and then all of a sudden i hear my house alarm um trigger you know start when it starts beeping before it actually goes off the alarm Mm -hmm. so as soon as i hear that i pull up my phone and and look all the you know all the cameras to see what's going on like what tripped the alarm because i went from i guess what we call you know look code green to a code yellow like you know what's going on sure um we start looking at the cameras anyone to show up at your house in that moment no, no, I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't. I, I thought, you know, at first I just thought it was some car alarm, you know, just going off. And I know there's a lot like people stealing Cadillac converters or whatever. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, let me look at my, you know, to see if it's my car or a neighbor's car. Or sure. something. So it, I couldn't see anything. So I just uh, so when I pulled the camera, um, I see that my the back door, uh, when you see in the video, there's I have a Florida room and there are two back doors. And I think I remember seeing one of the back doors open or I don't remember. I know that I'm looking at the cameras. I don't see anything. And the alarm just starts going off like nobody disarmed it Mm -hmm. and it just starts going off. And as my personal security protocol, if I don't, if I didn't trip the alarm, I won't disarm it because um, the, the, the company, the alarm company is simply safe. Um, so every time that the alarm goes off, they immediately, you know, they will call the police if it's not disarmed. So I said, if there is real danger, then, you know, I'm not going to disarm the alarm and then not have them, you know, send help. So uh, by default, they will, they immediately call, you know, uh, the police and they send help. Um, and they're very fast with that. So, yeah, I'm looking at the cameras. I see nothing. And, and then all of a sudden I see my roommate run inside and turn off the alarm. So I was like, oh, okay. So he's the one who actually tripped the alarm. So he turns off the alarm and then I, I keep watching on camera and I see him walk back outside. And I was like, I don't know, you know, what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I keep looking at the cameras and then I see him walk back inside and he's at the door and like this other person shows up at the door. So my first thought was maybe someone's trying to steal a car and then, you know, someone's trying to protect it. Makes sense. And, you know, they, they came over to our place to ask for help or, or something. Okay. That's, 
that was my first thought. But again, I don't know what's going on. So I'm hunkered down in my, you know, in the bedroom with the door locked, you know, I'm barricaded because I don't know. I don't know what's going on. That's right. Um, and then that's when my roommate starts running into the house and saying, Hey, Duani, grab your gun. Somebody's in the house. Wow. Okay. So and then, at, at this point, I, I, first of all, I, I love the idea that we preach it all the time on the, on the main channel, even on the batch cams. Hey, if you're home and you suspect someone's breaking into your home, your best bet, you, you have every right to walk around your own home and go clear. You have every right to go check and see what's going on. But had this been some unknown attacker, an invader, burglar, and your roommate wasn't, you know, didn't show up on the cameras, there's just someone breaking into your home. The best case solution is for you to stay somewhere. As long as there's no other people to worry about, there's no kids in other rooms or whatever. If it's just you and all the people that live there are in the room that you're in, barricading yourself in there and arming yourself and calling the police and giving them the, all the information you can give them really is the best way to go. Now, people push back on that as though I'm telling people they have no right to defend their own home or property. I've never said that. What I've said is you can replace the widescreen TV. You can, you know, you can replace your fine china or your iPhone that was laying on the coffee table or whatever, or get it back later if the police find the person. But none of that stuff's worth your life. So I think your initial protocol, as you said, was really smart. You know what? Let's we're going to wait here. We're going to we have cameras to look at. No reason to rush downstairs into the arms of whatever is happening. So I think that was really smart on your behalf. So that's another early lesson. I think that was well done. So. All of a sudden, your roommate's like, hey, there's something going on. And he, he says to you that you should arm yourself. What are you thinking as he's saying that? Um, well, like I said, I saw on the camera, you know, like someone showed up at the door at the same time. So in my in my mind was, you know, maybe someone was trying to, like I said, someone was trying to. At first, I thought someone, you know, came over to ask for help. But then when he told me someone was in the house to grab my gun, then I immediately, you know, switched my thought. And I was like, oh, wait, maybe this guy who showed up on the camera is actually not a friend. He's not asking for help. Yeah, he's yeah. not friendly. You right. know, he's actually here for whatever other purpose. You know, I, I don't know. So as soon as I hear him. You know, I, I always keep wherever I go inside my house, I always have my gun on me. Um, so I was laying in bed. So I had the, you know, on the bedside. So I pull my gun. I, you know, I chamber it because I don't keep it chambered when I'm in the house just because mm -hmm. I have a kid and you know, it's just be safe. Um, so I chamber the gun and then I start coming down the hallway. Uh, and of course, this is 2.15 in the morning. So the house is all dark so i just start turning on all the lights because i need to be able to although i hear what my roommate is saying i need to be able to evaluate the situation myself so you know, when i bring the gun i'm i'm in a low ready position but i'm, I'm switching on all the lights because i want to make sure that i can identify whatever threat it is sure. so that's when you see on the camera that i come like with one hand on the gun because i'm using the other hand to switch on all my lights um yeah, so I come down the hallway, you know, I turn on the lights, and then uh, at the end of my hallway is the living room, and then there's a wall that separates the kitchen and living room. So I, you know, I, I haven't seen anyone up to that point, so I figured they might be past that wall, either somewhere in the kitchen area or in the Florida room in the back. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, you know, just room clearing, I kind of come out wide 
to to have like a better better vision of what's going on and i just start turning on all the lights and that's when i see the guy standing in my uh in the florida room so explain to people who don't know like there's such a thing as a california room an arizona room a florida room but if you live in Ohio, you might not know what that means. So describe for our listeners what exactly what that is. I know what it is, but I'm not sure everyone does. <laughs> it's just a room full of windows. <laughs> so basically, it's 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 the outermost room, and usually it's it's got windows, or in some cases, like in California and Arizona, it'll have screens and no windows or whatever. But it's almost like a porch slash room. Yeah. It can kind of work as both. So he's definitely inside your house. So real quick to break this down. There's your property line, which is usually, you know, in most places at a sidewalk or at the street. Once you're past that property line, you're on the property of whoever owns the home or business or whatever. Once you're in that area in between the property line and actually being inside the property itself, the actual structure, you're on what's called curtilage. It's a legal term, uh, meaning that I'm not in your house or in your business or in your building, but I am on your property. So that area is called curtilage. And then once you're inside, well, now you're trespassing or you are burglarizing or whatever the case might be. You're not a burglar until you've actually entered a car or a house or whatever it is. So at this point, he is all the way inside your house. So you have now you have a burglar on your hands. Is this person saying anything? Are they, do they have a certain look on their face? Are they making any gestures? So what is it? What's the first thing you're presented with when you see this stranger now in your Florida room? Honestly, it was so fast that I didn't get a chance to even, like when I heard there's someone in the house, I immediately thought, well, you know, you always hear if, if someone burglars come, burglarizes, comes into a house, not knowing if they're occupants, maybe they don't mean you harm. But if they know that they're occupants in the house and they're still willing to, to break in, to make entry, then that's a completely different mindset. They actually might have the mindset to hurt someone. So in my head was, I'm probably going to have to shoot this guy because okay. he knows there's people in the house and he's still coming in. He's still, you know, coming in for, I don't know why. So I had already made the decision that I, you know, the, the must shoot, like in my head was a must shoot scenario, but I was still evaluating because it's, a, it's very fluid. Um, so as I make, as I come around the corner of the kitchen, when I see the guy in the, in the Florida room, right in the middle of the Florida room, when I bring the gun up, um, my roommate jumps him immediately. He says something like, Oh no, you're not going to come in here or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And he immediately jumps him. And that's when you see the video that they're just rolling in the in the Florida room. He pushes him out the door. They fall, and then you know the surfboards fall on top of him. Um, so I didn't really get to see like I saw the guy's silhouette. Um, and then when I brought the gun up, then my roommate jumped him, and and then that situation changed. Then I was like, wow, okay, so you know I can't shoot the guy, or you know there's because they're they're a, ball you know they're like in a ball yeah they're all tangled <laughs> up yeah 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 they're all tangled up so i was like well i i don't have a clear sight picture so i'm not going to take the risk and i didn't see anything in the guy's hands you know a knife or a gun or anything so um then the situation changed again so what i do is i turn the kitchen light on so i can see a little bit better and then i and i see them going out the back so i turn the the backlight on also so just the more light the better and i, I don't carry a, a, a 
pistol mounted light on my gun, mm -hmm. um, which I should. It's just for carry purposes. I, 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 I only have one gun. So I just turn on all the lights that I can. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to see the guy until they were outside and then standing up um, and, and just fighting. They were, you know, throwing fists. And so once you got to see the actual intruder or would-be intruder, um, how does he strike you? Is he young, old, fat, skinny? Does he look homeless? Does he look gangbangerish? Does he look like a normal person or high, anything like that? What's your impression of this person once you can actually yeah. see them? Yeah, um, he was young, definitely young. And he looked like he was drunk, just the way that he was standing and his face, like just his demeanor, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um looked like he was impaired somehow impaired i don't i don't know what and he didn't he looked like just a normal person just a young drunk you know guy um and then again you know i, I saw his hands they were empty and he was just throwing fists with my roommate so at that point i didn't feel like he was uh you know he was like a was it a deadly threat at that point exactly so at that point i just figured you know there's I'm not going to shoot this guy right now because there's there's no point. You know, he's he's not a deadly threat right now. He's just an ordinary physical threat. And my roommate's already, you know, taking care of it. So, yeah, if um, I remember correctly from the video, your roommate wasn't losing that fight. Am I am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He mounts. Yeah, he he pushes the guy out the door. They fall. He mounts him. He punches him in the face a few times. He lets the guy up and 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 then they keep on, you know, exchanging. So. Uh, at some point, this guy runs away. I take it because I didn't see him come back in your house on the video. So he he no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you. Uh, no, yeah, no, no. He didn't. He, he they were so. I I come outside. The surfboards, you know, fall. I look at and and they're just exchanging fists or whatever. So I run inside and I was like, well, I I need to I need to break contact somehow. I need to like. So, although he's not, I don't feel like he's a physical, uh, he's a deadly threat. I don't know if he has other people, like, because I didn't know who this guy was. So I didn't know if there were other people um, with him or not. So I didn't feel comfortable going outside. So I run inside um, and I grab my um, palm OC spray. Babe, and... we, need, we need a dinger. We need a little bell every time you name one of our sponsors. Ding. <laughs> All right, palm. There you I go. Have, That's... I have the whole, I mean, I have the whole thing. I have mountain mountain man medical nice. uh the trauma kits i have one in, in my kitchen one in my car i have i carry palm oc spray everywhere i go um and i had just bought the new palm oc spray i was so happy to see that they they launched that the bigger can the uh, i think it's mk13 i, I don't remember yeah i think that. so yeah like that. i was so happy that they had that because i always have it at my front door because i watched the video from act of self-protection where this guy's i think mother-in-law you know breaks into his house and he spray he holds her down because he has a, a can right there at the front door mm -hmm. um that's actually what gave me the idea to have uh, oc spray at the front door there you go and have the surveillance cameras inside the house um so yeah so i see them you know fighting so i i run inside and i was like well this is a great opportunity one to break contact and two to see like oc spray in action to right. see you know what it would actually do to a person live mm -hmm. um so I run inside, I grab OC spray, I run, you know, back outside. But before I go outside, I see that the surfboards are 
you know, just blocking the door. And I don't feel comfortable jumping up the surfboards because if there are, you know, other guys or whatever, then I can't retreat back in the house. So what I do is I, I quickly try to put the surfboards back up to clear, you know, my, my uh, egress. Mm -hmm. And, and then I just tell my roommate, I was like, Hey, Mike, just get inside, you know, like great contact. And as soon as he does, I, I hose the guy down and, you know, I just, his whole face. Um, I just did the, you know, like the, the cross, I, I blessed him with the hot with sauce. With the hot sauce. Yeah, indeed. So how, yeah, what, yeah. How, what kind of reaction did he have once you sprayed him? Oh, he immediately, like that, that he immediately stopped. I mean, that took the, what does John say? Took the starch out of his jam. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Take the fire <laughs> he immediately, out of Yeah. He immediately stopped. And his only words were, ow, my face. <laughs> That's great. All right. Now, so I'm going to see the palm people this weekend at the conference. I will make sure to share this with them. If you haven't already yeah. written them an email to say thanks for their fantastic product. So I assume at this point he runs away or stumbles away or tries to run away or do the police arrive before he can get away? Oh, no. The, that incapacitated him 100%. I mean, he he probably took 10, 15 steps from that point. He, he didn't know where it was north or south. He was completely lost. Mm -hmm. He took a shirt off to try to wipe it off, I guess. Ooh, yeah, so, yeah. So the first thing that I did was, again, as defenders, our, our mission is to break contact. So I didn't, I immediately told my roommate to come in. I closed the door. I locked it. I run back inside to grab the phone because my um, roommate was on the phone. My other roommate was on the phone with the police. Mm -hmm. So I said, all right, now, now let me talk to the police. And then I, I, I gave him the description of the guy and everything like that. But I was still looking out. I, I still have my gun in hand because, again, I don't know if he had you know, other people with him, sure. what was going on, if, if the deadly threat would still emerge or not. So I still had the gun, you know, in my hand and I'm very conscious about, you know, keeping my finger off the trigger, high index. So mm -hmm. I was confident with keeping my gun in hand. Um, and then just on the phone with the police, but I was still watching him through because it's a Florida room. So I have windows everywhere. Sure. Um, so he just walked from the point where I sprayed him. He walked over to the gazebo I have and, he was he he couldn't move. He didn't know where to go. <laughs> this this could have ended differently. If you had shot him, he may have taken the gazebo temperature challenge. However, yeah, <laughs> uh, that, fortunately yeah. for everybody, he didn't have to die that day. So, how long did it take the police to show up? Roughly, I mean, I'm sure you were keeping minutes. Her. It was minutes. It was about three to four minutes, I guess. And which is was, was quick. That's a quick response time. Yeah, yeah. Here in my yeah here in my city, they're they're pretty fast. Um. I've, I've had, um, I've tripped my alarm before. And again, Simply Safe is so effective. I mean, they're great. They immediately call the police and then, you know, they try to figure out with you if everything is okay. Mm -hmm. And once by mistake, I, tri I tripped the alarm. I didn't even know it was going off because I was outside and the police showed up in my house. And then I was like, oh no, I live here. So yeah, very fast response of three to four minutes, I guess. So you, you went through this and you remember how long things seem to take in the moment because they don't know, things don't, you know, things tend to slow down a little bit when you're going through yeah. any kind of critical incident. And this, you didn't know what this was at first, so it could have been anything. So I'm sure your brain is racing. Um, how, let me try to phrase this question properly. If you had been in a shooting and been shot, or if you'd been in a shooting and shot someone who's now bleeding out, how long would that three or four minutes have seemed to you if you had been in that position? Because I know for me, it would have been an eternity, even though it was a quick yeah. response. I don't, you know, I, I react to stress. I'm, I'm kind of comfortable, you know, in stressful environments. So 
I don't know. Like I, you know, I carry uh, I carry a um, I not carry, but I wear uh, like a Fitbit, you know, a monitor. Um, and one of the reasons why I wear this also is kind of I've always heard like when you're in this just this situation, your heart rate, you know, shoots up and that just you get tunnel vision, you get all that. So I always wonder, like, what would be my reaction if I was ever in a situation like that? Mm -hmm. um, and it was very interesting because I was wearing my watch that day. Um, and after the after everything, I looked at my heart rate and my heart rate was 86, the highest that it was that ever got was 86. Wow. Um, yeah. And then it shot up to 105 when the police arrived, because then I was uh, just a little bit nervous when the police arrived, you know, uh, because I had notified them that I had a gun on me and everything. So sure. I was just a little nervous of, you know, just how to in, in, how to initially interact with them so that they don't identify me as some sort of threat. Sure. So my heart rate shot to like 105, I guess. I, mean, I don't know how accurate this thing is, but you know, it can't be that off. Um, so, so I'm very sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say so. The, so the police are now there. There they show up. Um, kind of walk us through what they did and, and what you observed and and how they spoke with you. Yeah. So uh, I was on the phone with dispatch, and um, she said, "Well, do you have your gun on you?" I said, "Yes, I do." And she says, "Well, you need to put it away." I said, "Well, as soon as I see the the blue and red flashing lights, I'll go and I'll put the gun away. I'll secure it, um, and then please just let." Let the officers know that I am barricaded in the house and this is how I look just so they can identify me Perfect. that I will be putting the, the gun away. So um, I go, I put the gun away. As soon as I see them, I put the gun away. I stay in the Florida room and I don't interact with the police until they actually knock on the door and ask me to come out and interact with them. Um, so then I just see them. They put the, the guy in cuffs and they just walk them out. And I just see them going back and forth in my backyard and I just stay there just looking at them. And then um, he knocks on the door. He asked me to come out. So I show my hands and that's to make sure that he sees my hands. Mm -hmm. um, I unlock the door. And <laughs> that's funny because um, his first words are, um, he said, did you put the gun away? I said, yes, I did. He's like, all right, I need you to raise your right hand. And I raised both hands because I thought he wanted to see my hands again. Mm -hmm. He just wanted me to swear, you know, that I <laughs> that I had put everything away. Right. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, so I put up my right hand. He asked me to repeat the words. That That's funny. Did. Yeah, I, I remember doing that quite a few times. In fact, one of, yeah. my, one of, my, one of my favorite lines, or, or, you know, you get a 14-year-old who stole a pack of gum or something, and, you, you know, you're not going to arrest this person. There's no point. So you make him raise the right hand. And I swear, never, ever again to steal a pack of juicy fruit or whatever. My other favorite one, yeah. by the way, just for fun, since we're talking about it, is um, dropping off a bad guy at jail finally. So after everything's done, the paperwork's done, and he's now, or she, is now walking through one last metal detector to go into the holding cell where they get sorted out. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, hey, one more thing. And they turn around. Usually we were friendly because I was friendly to them if they, if they gave me the opportunity. I'm like, look, you might get a survey in a few days, and I'd appreciate getting all 10s. <laughs> and um, and everyone laughed at that. Even the deputies oh, yeah. at the jail or or the BOP guys at the federal prison laughed at that, except for one guy who didn't think it was funny. Um, yeah. Whatever. What are you going to do? So the police interact with you. Do you feel they were they were fair? They were even handed. Do you, were you satisfied with the police service you got that day? Yeah, yeah, I was very satisfied. They were they were very nice. Outstanding. Um, yeah, they asked me what happened. Um, not at any point where they, you know. Um, 
threatened by me or anything or my roommate i also told my roommate you know we came out almost at the same time mm-hmm. um i told him i was like hey show them your hands before you come out he's like all right cool so he comes out with his hands up you know just making sure that um we're not a threat and then yeah they were they were very friendly they asked me what happened uh, we told them you know just what happened really quick you know the guy the guy jumped the fence he came inside the house and then you know we just put him outside the house Give him a little educational beatdown. Give him a little, <laughs> little, a little what fur and some who's your daddy, as we used to say back east. Yeah. Um, do we ever divine this guy's intentions? Was he just drunk and at the wrong place, thinking he was home? Do we know what was going on, why he was doing what he was doing? So what triggered was that he, I don't know if he was, I don't know if, so I live uh, next door to a fourplex. So, um and then there's just a parking lot where they park all their cars. So I don't know if he was trying to mess with the car, if he was trying to do something with the car and the alarm kept going off. And unlike me, my roommate, you know, I guess he never like really thought about these things, you know, beforehand. Mm-hmm. So he goes out there and, you know, he he's like, hey, you know, shut your car alarm off. And the guy starts jawing back at him. So they just start, you know, jawing at each other. And then what happened was that the the house alarm went off. So the guy's like, yeah, you talk about my car alarm. I, I don't remember. That's what he told right. me. So he's like, yeah, your house alarm is going off. So he runs inside, turns off my house alarm. And instead of closing the door, he goes back outside to jaw with the guy a little bit more. Well, we w- and that makes the guy come over and jump my fence. And it's just a little, you know, four feet fence. Four feet fence right. Yeah. So. I think we, we won't. We'll, we'll take it easy on your roommate. I, he's not an active self-protection uh, viewer. Or listener, so that's you know obviously we would tell you in that situation if the person's outside and you can just close the door and be done, close the door and be done, and try not to get into an ego battle. You know, was this was this young man actually a neighbor? Did he live next door? Oh yeah, he's still yeah yeah he's yeah he still lives. <laughs> Do you guys give each other the nod when you see each other on the sidewalk or what? what oh no, yeah he he sees me he. He he doesn't. <laughs> I guess he got traumatized by the spray. <laughs> he, well, yeah, he never. If he sees me, he just he pretends he doesn't see me. He walks far away. So know, was he was he char- was he charged with anything, or do they figure he had enough abuse between you and your roommate beating him senseless? Yeah, I have a <laughs> I have a um I have a friend that is an officer, and he said that they 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 did they did take him. Um, I think they charged him with a uh, burglary with. The deadly weapon because he actually had an uh a pocket knife or whatever in his mm. pocket. He never pulled it, but he did have it on him. Right. So, but apparently he they said that the jack didn't want to chit take him or whatever. So I don't really know what that means. Okay. Well, it sounds like he's learned his lesson. At least I hope he's learned his lesson. Yeah, yeah. He's never really interacted with me after that. Like I'm always working in the backyard. He he goes in and out. He sees me, but he's never interacted with me. Every time he sees you, I bet his nose starts to run a little bit and his eyes start <laughs> to water. Yeah, I'll tell you. Look, that thing is, it, it made me start coughing. And yep. there was no blowback. There was, it's stream, not fogger. It's mm-hmm. a, there was no blowback. And that thing still made me cough for a little bit. So, so I can't imagine the misery he bef- went through. Before we talk about lessons, I need you to help me come up with a title for this. I've never done this on the actual show, but I'm thinking something like, Ask viewer uses every product we've ever yeah, right? advertised on our show all in one night, something like that. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, fan defender. Yeah, yeah, defender. Yeah, 
defender that Dallas is bad guy with a hot sauce after holstering yeah. his HKVP nine and calling FLP yeah. for advice. And, uh, yeah, that's great. I mean, I literally used all the tools I've learned sure. from active self-protection. You know, one of the reasons why I was able to stay so calm was because of the thousands of, I mean, I've been following active self-protection since I bought my gun. That's when I actually, you know, started following them to understand the laws of, you know, when you should, when you shouldn't right. use your weapon. Um, so I've watched all the videos daily for the past uh, three years, maybe two, three years. That's about how long um, I've been there. So those are the best years, I think, in the history of active self-protection. Yeah, that, that was I started before, working there. That was before he switched the background. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, think, I thank God, you know, as a Christian, I do thank God for, for be for having like this type of content on the internet. Um, because it, it really helped me know exactly what to do. You know, a lot of people told me, you know, Oh, you should have shot that guy. Or, oh, I would have shot that guy. Right. Right. And you know, although I would have been in my right, my legal right to shoot him, um, it's a life, you know, yeah. that didn't need to be taken. And not only that, but then, you know, the whole aftermath, I mean, they would take my gun into custody, to evidence. I'd probably never see that gun again. You know, I'd, I'd be taking a life. and Maybe, maybe you have to hire an attorney. Maybe you get charged with something. Yeah. Maybe he has well, a host of things. I guess mean, what else I have? FLP? <laughs> Yes, so All right. I'm not too worried about that. Cheers. But this is vodka, by the way. <laughs> yes, I do have uh, firearms, firearms legal, protection. legal protection, so I'm not too worried about that. But I am worried, you know. Again, I'm a Christian, you know. I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to have to take a life, or even if I don't take a life, I mean, you know, I'm scarred this kid for life. I mean, he he was just young and drunk, and you know. Right. Just, being stupid that's so. one of the things that john and i take a lot of flack for in our in our comment section is when we say that anytime someone loses their life even a bad guy you know it's it's not it's not an ideal outcome it's not a, it's a bad outcome yeah. there are some yeah. bad guys that are worse than others you know if a bad guy you know murders a busload of girl scouts we're going to feel a lot less bad if he ends up taking the dirt nap versus you know a drunk kid who got a little lippy and ended up walking into someone's house and ends up dying for it. You know, you, you hate to see that yeah. sort of thing happen. So that's actually one of the first um, notes I took when you were speaking is can I, must I? So were you actually working through what you learned on active self-protection as far as can I, must I shoot? Was it something you were consciously thinking about in that moment? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. It was, and like I said, it was very, it was a very fluid situation because initially my mindset was, I have to shoot this guy. I mean, there is someone in my house that knows that the house is occupied. So, you know, knowing that was like, if I see this guy in the house, I will probably, I will squeeze the trigger. Mm -hmm. So, but then as soon as my, because like I said, I did bring the gun up. Um, I did bring the gun up and I probably would have, if I seen him walking towards me, I probably would have. Sure uh squeeze the round or two in him but then immediately my roommate jumps him you know and then again this it it changed to you know from a must to a should right. and then they were so tangled up that i was like you know i, I can't shoot this guy right now was it was that mike, then, your roommate mike mike yeah talking about 
So every yes, time yes. he sees Mike, he should be like, I'm really mad at you for punching me in the face 30 times, but thanks for mm-hmm. preventing me from being shot by your roommate. I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he, he basically saved this kid's life, yeah. you know, because had he not jumped him, I, I probably would have shot him. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I came with that mentality, but, you know, when it actually comes to pulling the trigger, like, I, I, I think I yelled with, to the kid, you know, like, hey, get out of the house or whatever. Right. So, like, I'm trying to give him a chance to, you know, not die. Um, and then at the end, you know, it went from a must to a should to a could I when they were brawling in the backyard. And I was like, eh, it's not worth it. You know, right. Yeah. Well, there's no there's no longer an imminent threat, you know, to your life or great bodily injury. So that's a thing yeah, as well. Exactly. So I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, the other option, had this just been a straight break in. So for our listeners, for our viewers, had this been a break in and you were in the room and now you've got your, you know, your phone out and you're watching somebody going through your house room to room, but they're not at your room yet. I assume you call nine one one. Do you, do you decide to go out and confront this person? If it's, you're the only one in the house, have you given this any thought or do you just stay where you are and let the police handle it? Um, unless he comes into the room you're in, obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, if I am, if I am looking at the cameras and I know exactly where this person is, I don't think I will go clearing the house, but I would probably find a strategic position, you know, like in, I'd probably open my door of my room and kind of like just lean out towards the hallway in case this guy, you know, pops up past that wall and comes towards the hallway right because then i will have a clear line of shot i will have you know a clear sight picture um you know i'm not going to shoot someone through the door because again i I don't know who it is and then someone like let's say i do hunker down i lock the door and then i do see someone you know in my house and then the door starts you know someone tries to break into the bedroom door i probably will shoot through the door because I mean, who else can it be? Um, but again, I you know I'm not 100 percent sure, so I don't feel that comfortable. So again, I probably won't go like try to clear the house. But I probably pop out of the pop out of you know in the hallway, but still somehow maintain some sort of cover. Well, not really cover because it's drywall. But so now that you've it. had this experience, does this at all give you any more appreciation for the job that law enforcement has to do? They have to make these decisions sometimes once a day um, where there's somebody who potentially needs to be shot right now. And then that, that process, the thought process you have to go through to go, okay, is this person a deadly threat right at this moment? They are. And then a half a second later, they're not all it takes is them to open their hand and drop the gun they had. And it goes from a, I must shoot this person to, I can't shoot this person. And you've now experienced kind of a little bit of that. Like it changes just that fast. Is that something you appreciate a little bit better now that you've been through it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I have the most up respect or um I don't know. I, I just I really respect um the the police officer, like the, the profession of any law enforcement. I think um I think it's a really difficult job, you know. It's not a lot of people think that oh, all they want is to, you know, shoot someone or whatever. I don't I don't think it's easy for anyone, um law enforcement or not and so yeah, I I totally respect them uh because again it's like you said they're constantly having to make these decisions and it's not easy. I've seen numerous videos of, you know, 
people grabbing these reporters who like to bash the police and put them in the force on force. Yeah, and they scenarios. Yeah, I I love to watch those videos because they always end up shooting someone, even if they weren't, you know, they were perceived as a threat, but they weren't an actual threat. So, yeah, I I completely respect police because of that. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on uh, before we part ways? I don't want to miss anything. I want to leave anything out. I think you said it all, but I want to make sure before we uh, before we end the, the interview. Um. No, I just like to say, you know, I think everyone should practice some sort of self-defense. Um, you should know striking skills. You should know um, grappling skills. But I think the the biggest skill in self-defense is awareness. Um, 100%. So, so I think that, yeah, I think that you have to find a way to to be aware of what's going on in your surroundings. And, you know, growing up in Brazil, I, in Brazil, we say, you know, you grow a third eye in the back of your head. That's because, a fact. Like, you, you know, you, you just have to have your head on the swivel. So it's not about being paranoid. It's just about being aware. And, um, you know, I'm thankful for, for taking the, you know, making the decision of putting the surveillance cameras, you know, inside my house. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of people think it's weird. Like, Oh, why would you have cameras inside your house? Now, you know, and now, you know, you know, even my roommate, he was kind of like against it. He didn't really understand. You're like, Oh, why would you have cameras inside your house? You know, that's being paranoid. I think the question to your roommate is, Hey Mike, what are you doing in the living room when no one's around that you don't want me to see? That's a little concern. I'm just kidding. I'm sure Mike's. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. But, you know, I, I, and, and after that, he actually came to me and he's like, man, I'm so sorry for giving you crap for having the cameras inside the house. Now I understand. Right. You know, and a lot of people always think that, oh, it's not going to happen to me or, you know, you're paranoid. You know, that doesn't happen. We live in I mean, li- I live in a good neighborhood. This is this is a you know, it's a high it's not a high neighborhood, but it's a the city. Palm Beach Gardens is yeah, there's no know, hood. A, there's no hood in Palm Beach Gardens. The last time I was. No, there. Yeah, there's no hood. So. Yeah. Again, you know, it wasn't a bad guy. It was just some drunk kid. Right. But, you know, so I think that practicing self-awareness is one of the biggest, you know, self-defense skills that you can acquire. Um, and I think everybody should seek that somehow. You know. Absolutely. Duane, I appreciate you writing in. I appreciate you telling your story. I think there was a lot of good lessons and a lot of good plugs, I must say. So my job is uh, I'm going to call Neil, our chief marketing officer, and say he needs to hire you <laughs> to just talk about <laughs> talk about all the products that we uh, yeah. that we endorse here. Fun fact, though, before I do let you go, um, I just talked to Neil yesterday about a potential sponsor for this podcast, and they undervalued the podcast, and they didn't seem to think that we needed – to test their product. They're just like, just shill for us. And that's never once happened at active self protection. Every product that we endorse, whether it's John or, or Neil or staff or whomever, um, that, that product is tested. It's carried, it's worn, it's whatever it's, it's consumed by someone here and they make sure, yeah, it actually does work. It does what it, it does, what it's supposed to do. Um, and if not, we just don't endorse it. And we, John and, and Neil and Steph have turned down, thousands and thousands of dollars of possible uh income because they don't they don't believe in the product the product's crap there's and there's a bunch of you know products you see all over youtube on every youtube channel has the same whatever it is set of headphones or the same you know ear pro for shooting channels and everybody's shilling it because they're paying them a bunch of money to do it and advertising is important 
active self protection just doesn't, and that's one of the things I love about about working here. Anyway, Duani, thank you so much yeah. for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, if you're ever in Arizona, if I'm ever in Southern uh, Florida, I will let you know. We'll get a cup of coffee and hang out, do something. Yeah. All right, man. Please Thanks do. so much. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great day.